Hello and welcome back to How I Got Here, a podcast series which investigates why and how the successful have achieved their dreams. Today I'm joined in the studio by professional freerunner Lin Jung. Lin won Best Female at the Red Bull Art of Motion in 2016, which is the world's biggest freerunning competition. She's recognised as one of the pioneers of freerunning and is waving the flag for female athletes all over the world. Hi Lin, how are you? Hi, um, I'm fine, thank you. It's really lovely to be with you here in Luxembourg um, and I was wondering actually where are you based at the moment um so at the moment i'm based in brighton in the uk okay and i'm just uh, coming to visit luxembourg quite often actually but it's only just um short visits so why brighton um well i was living in austria when i started free running mm-hmm. and my boyfriend uh, was based in london mm-hmm. and when i started to uh, do more free running jobs um i just decided that london or close to london being somewhere close to london would be better for my career just because the jobs often come from London and also because traveling between um, Innsbruck where I was studying and London just seemed to be too tiring so I just took the decision to just move to the UK and see what happens and I've been there for one and a half years now and um, turned out quite all right. Okay so you're enjoying being in Brighton then? Uh, Yes well I'm not there so much actually because I'm traveling a lot but yeah I like the idea of being based somewhere, actually. So you always go back to the same place mm-hmm. uh, where you have your bed and your um, wardrobe and everything. And it's like feels like one place where you are at like very calm. So. Mm-hmm. And when you say you have free running jobs, is that all over the world, not just in Europe? Yes, ma- mostly they are in Europe, but then mm-hmm. some are also um, in America. Yeah, I've never been to Asia for a free running job though, but they. They are rarely in England, just because I guess the weather isn't like reliable. Yeah. So they're often in the south of of Europe. Mm-hmm. For the people who are listening who aren't familiar with free running, could you explain what sport it is? It's called l'art du déplacement. So it's just the art of um, of moving from A to B, mm-hmm. and um, it's like it got bigger in the past five years. I guess before that, it was quite unknown. And it's um, it's all about getting safely and um, efficiently from one place to the other place, uh, which would be like the pure parkour. And then you also have free running, which is not a different sport, but it's just a different branch in the sport, which also includes a lot of flips and using a certain creatively. So mm-hmm. you just you don't just go from A to B, but you stay at a certain place and you use that that space with movement. It's crazy that it sounds so simple that you're just trying to get from A to B, but when you watch it, it never really looks like that. It looks like it's kind of gravity-defying, and it looks like it goes against everything that science says. Just the way it looks, it looks almost like it's digital. At the core, it's really simple, though. Yeah. It's just it's basic jumps. It's not, um, it's not very... Um, impossible things it's just mm. a jump I mean if you train it a lot and if you drill certain jumps you can make them like further and you get more comfortable at heights when you train so you take them up to higher levels which always looks quite scary and impressive to people who are mm. not doing the sport but then really what it is is just normal jumps that everyone could do uh, you just take them like of course you take them higher and further and so I read on your website that your background is in dance and circus performing how did that transition into free running and do you think that helped you? Um, so my background is um, gymnastics and dance. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
used to dance a lot, uh, even when I went to uni in Innsbruck. And I started free running. When I started free running, the first time I went to class, I didn't know what it was. So it mm-hmm. was pure coincidence. Um, a friend of mine, she was going and she just asked me to com- come along. And then my ballet class got cancelled. So I just agreed to go with her. And I just really liked it. It was in a gymnastics gym, so I kind of had like a... I felt like being back in gymnastics, I started off doing a lot of flips um, before even like in the gym, before even taking it outside. So it took me a while to actually start uh, training properly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just kind of like by coincidence, I found the sport. And I think the way my dance background ties in is just because um, I have a certain way of moving just because mm-hmm. I've been doing ballet for a long time. And when I do things in parkour, it often just looks a little bit like... Well, not like dancing, but my movement has a certain style which definitely comes from my dance background. Um, And I guess no matter what sport you do, um, it always will help you in a different sport just because you're aware of your body, you know how your body moves, especially if you do like gymnastics and dancing. Um, So that definitely helped me with body awareness and um, air awareness and stuff like that. What did you study in Innsbruck? Um, So I started with political science and sociology and did my master's in uh, culture and gender studies. So was it always the plan to do something different um, and go into dance or um, something more physical? Mm, no, not at all. So um, when I was younger, when I was about like 14, 15, I always wanted to become a professional dancer, mm-hmm. but then never had the courage really because um, I'm quite um, short and stout. So f- to be a professional ballet dancer in my head, that would be really hard and not achievable. Mm-hmm. And also my parents kind of wished for me to go to uni and um, have a proper job afterwards, which I don't really know what it means, but I guess like a, an office job. Yeah. Something that is safe, something where you go to work every day and you have a, sa- a certain amount of money at the end of the month and mm-hmm. you like um, just have that safety. Like a very defined career where it's clear how you yes. get into it and yes. how you move up. And I also had um, I had um, really good grades in school, so I guess my parents were like looking forward to seeing what I would do with it afterwards. Mm. And the plan was never to do sports with it afterwards, um, because when I decided to not become a dancer professionally, mm-hmm. I just felt like yeah, political science. Um, it's just I don't know. I was interested in it. I didn't know what to do afterwards, but yeah. I would think, well, you go to uni to study something that is going to help you with your career afterwards. Um, and then I came across free running and I didn't know you could make a career out of it. And it's still, like, it's not the easiest of things to do and a lot of people don't succeed. But I just kind of started getting free running jobs without even trying. And then mm-hmm. after a year or two, I was like, okay, maybe um, it would be possible for me to just make a living with it. And it's what I love doing, so why not just give it a try? Were you already working in another job when you first started free running? No, I was just doing students' jobs. So I was um, working in restaurants or bars, just a normal student yeah. um, job that you get to um, have a little bit of extra money to go travel. Yeah. And when was your first kind of big break? Um, so I didn't really have a big break. It was started off with uh, small jobs like shows where I got like very little money. But to me, that came as a surprise that someone wanted to pay money to see like mm. me do free running and I had my first commercial job only two years into training and at no means did I feel ready for it but they just contacted me so I was like okay um, why not I was really nervous like how is it going to go like never worked with a camera team before 
And then I think um, it took quite a while to do it fully professionally because mm. I was a student as well, so I had to go to uni. I couldn't just take off um, time from uni yeah. uh, for jobs. And I think like a, it's been like a year and a half now that I've fully committed to only doing free running. And um, there's times where there's loads of jobs and there's yeah. times where there's no jobs because you never know when the next job is going to come. So. And what do your parents think about it now? Um, I think my mom's quite... Um, like happy and proud in some ways but then on the other side she also kind of would still like me to have like a normal job and um, have safety so for her of course it's uh, kind of she sees it as like something that could potentially um, like like I have injuries quite often so for Mm -hmm. her it's like yeah at some point you need to do something that's not going to injure you like something that's a bit safe a bit more normal but I think even though she, she says that, on the other side, she's just a kind of quite um, proud of what I'm doing or that I found something that I like doing so much that I just uh, had the courage to um, change country and just try to make a career out of it. So every time I show her like a commercial work that I did, she like, seems to be pretty proud and sensitive to all her I'm friends. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, and you spoke about injuries. What are the sacrifices that you have to make physically for this career? Um so I'd say free running is quite a safe um, sport, but then um, with all the sports that you do, if you do it very intensively and if you choose it as a career, it's harsh on your body. Mm-hmm. And it's often that you get an injury while training and then a job comes up and it's really hard to say no to the job because you never know when the next job is coming. So yeah. you say yes to it, even though you might be a bit injured. And that's just where you kind of push through and then make maybe make the injury a bit worse. And that means that you have to take extra care of your body afterwards yeah but um it's nothing never anything serious but it's mm-hmm. still like always like something you might have like a knee problem or at the moment i have shin splints so i think i have shin splints so i'm gonna go see a doctor Ouch. Um, about it to, s- yeah. to find out what it is it might be like a small fracture um so yes yeah, so you just have to be um very um thoughtful about how you treat your body and yeah you don't wear any protective gear, do you, for free running? No, no. And there's no mats or, you know, I've seen in the videos, it's, it really is just concrete and buildings and walls yeah. and things, isn't it? Yeah, so for me, I normally, especially if I train flips, I start off in a gym. So I go to a gymnastics gym okay. where there might be even a foam pit or on a trampoline um, and start really safe until I feel comfortable enough with the move to take it outside. Yeah. And there are certain flips that I don't always do outside just because they're quite high impact and harsh on my body so I just I try them more in gym and then take them outside for example if we have um if we're filming for um for a free running video with my team for example that's when you take those moves um outside to con- concrete yeah just to perform it there but exactly. you don't practice it there exactly. even though most of my training is outside but then it wouldn't be um too much high impact and mm-hmm. risk um it would just be just normal um jumps and drilling jumps and when you come up with the routines that teamwork or is that all you mm, well it depends it's um it's mainly just yourself finding out what you enjoy training what you like doing but then of course you get inspired by other people and that's mostly the people that you train with that you see move so I'm, if i'm training with friends mm. and 
I see them move and they inspire me to try some things or just to work on certain things that I'm not uh, comfortable with yet. Yeah. Then yes, then it's teamwork, but it's quite an individual sport when it comes to um, movement. Mm-hmm. As it's a fairly new sport, I think you were saying that it only became really popular in the last five years. Is that right? Yeah, so it's become more um, <coughs> known and more popular in, the f- I guess, the, the, yeah, five years. So I started only like six, seven years, six years ago. And most people didn't know it. If you trained outside, people would stop and sometimes call the police because they'd think that you were trying to break in somewhere because you were like on, up on walls. Mm. Um, but now when you train outside, normally people know what you're doing. They're just yeah. like, oh, so you're doing free running? Is that what you're doing? And I've saw, <laughs> seen it on TV and it's like all over YouTube. And yeah. it's hard to not know what it is because um, social media just like full of it. Yeah, which actually brings me to my next question, which is how do you feel social media has impacted your career in this sport? Um, so it has, I guess, a really good effect on um, my career it's on one side I use social media to promote myself to promote um, me as a free runner so that people um, see what I'm doing and they um, might think of hiring me for a job for example Um, but on the other side I use it to follow other people that inspire me to see what they're doing um, to know what kind of what is possible but only because often you think um, that something might be impossible until you see that it's been done Mm -hmm. so I just like follow loads of free runners and not not only for you, also people from different sports just because it inspires me to move more and to improve myself as well. So unlike ballet and other forms of dance and sport, which are much more established, is it hard um, to look for inspiration for your next move or is it hard to teach yourself something new because there's no real textbook for this? Um, it's actually quite easy just because... It gives you so much freedom. Like there's no proper rules in free running what um, you have to do. It's just mm. like like a lot of people have different styles of movement and um, come from different sports backgrounds. Um, so you kind of just pick what you want to do from like maybe from different people that you see moving and um, like I'm not one of those people who invent new moves. Um, that's like um, especially when it comes to flips. Like unfortunately, the guys have like. Um, the advantage of being more powerful in it so it's mostly new moves normally come from men in the sport but it's amazing to see them create those new um, new moves and just always taking it further for example a few days there was a video that just uh, came out on YouTube and the people in it the athletes in it are I don't know between 15 and 18 years old I think so they're quite young and they are amazing in movement and they're doing things that people that have been in the sport for much longer um, didn't think were possible. So yeah. it's just nice to see other people taking the sport uh, to different uh, a different level and mm. just seeing that things that we think are not possible are possible and it just inspires you to just um, train and move. How do they judge free running competitions then if there's no kind of rules? So it's very tricky um, because it's quite subjective yeah Um, but they came up with because there has been more competitions in the past years and they I think they came up with a quite solid um, system of how to judge a movement so they for example for a lot of motion they have five categories which is one is difficulty Mm -hmm. one is flow one is execution one is creativity and then you have an overall impression Mm -hmm. um so you just 
I'd say my strength is with flow and execution because my movement is normally cl- uh, quite clean and because of, maybe because of my dance background it's quite floaty um, but then I lack in difficulty but because you can kind of if you score high in one category and a bit low on the other category it averages can, out yeah exactly so you can still do well even if you have one category that isn't fulfilled fulfilled so well um, and every I guess every athlete has categories that they know how to fill really well and lack in other categories so that um, is I think isn't the worst uh, um, way of judging it but then you have different kinds of uh, competition so that's uh, Red Bull Art of Motion is a style competition mm-hmm. and then you have speed competitions as well which are really easy to judge because the person who did did a certain route the fastest is just going to be the winner right so that's quite straightforward and simple and then you have um a competition format called skill yeah which is you have a certain jump for example let's say um a kong pre which is like just a cat pass over a wall and then um you have to land on a different wall or rail or whatever it is um and stick it so stick it means that you have to land on the wall and not f- like overshoot it not undershoot it you just have perfectly have to land on it and that's it and if you like struggle to keep your balance you get like minus points but if you stick it perfectly you can score like the highest which is um i think quite easy to judge as well because it's just like if someone executes a a certain move very perfectly then it's going to score high yeah um so that's i think style is definitely the one that is most subjective and really Mm -hmm. hard to judge but generally as you say with these kind of moves you can see whether they're clean or not right with through balance and all that yeah. yes and foot placement it's just if someone has a sloppy style you can even people who are not into the sport you can normally tell if someone moves cleanly or someone just has a little bit of a sketchy style mm-hmm. um and what is the main philosophy of free running and how did it begin as a sport like what's the history of it mm-hmm. So um, it goes back in the, in, well, further back, but then really started in the 80s uh, in France. And it was all about um, being strong to be um, useful. So you train your body to be strong, to um, be capable of um, kind of, it sounds really cheesy, but helping others mm-hmm. um, with your ability. Um, and it was very non-competitive. So it wasn't about training the sport to be the best in the sport which is normally the case in most other sports so you train to compete and to win and in poker it's more you train for yourself Mm -hmm. to be able to control your body to gain uh, power of your body and it's not about being better than anyone else it's just being better than you were yesterday kind of uh, thinking but then over the time of course because it is sports and because more people get involved it becomes more competitive. It becomes more um, about like um, having competitions. Also, because com- having competitions is a way of getting um, funding for the sport. It's it's mm-hmm. people are interested in seeing um, people compete. That's what people normally want to see when it comes to sport, and that's where also it's a possibility for freeners to make a living with it to get um, brands maybe being interested in sponsoring someone because they want to see someone in a competition do well and wear their like brand so I think competition is useful in the sport just make it possible for people to make a living out of it Um, but then there's still a lot of people who don't want to compete even like very skilled athletes um, they are I'd say like the best in the world like some of the best in the world they're not competing just because they don't want to they choose not to they'd rather just do it for themselves and like put out videos on youtube and get views and but it's not um 
it's not you don't have to compete to be yeah. um, at the top of freeing. Can women compete against men because we spoke about how men are naturally just stronger? Um, can they compete against each other? Um, yeah, so in Red Bull, women compete against a uh, man, but then there is the best female award just um, because it's very unlikely for women to uh, win Red Bull out of motion against men. Mm. Even to make it into the finals um, is really, really hard. But they are scored the same way, so it's not an extra category for women. So they just get the judges don't see gender when a woman competes or a man competes. They just see the athlete doing what they do, and then that's how um, they're going to judge them. There is other competitions where they have separate uh, women categories, but then often it is the problem of not having enough women that are willing to compete or ready to compete or feel ready to compete. So the women's division is often smaller mm. and the organizer, organizers, they struggle to get enough women to actually have a separate um, category. And I still haven't made up my mind what I prefer if I want to compete against men mm. and just accept the fact that there's always just going to be the best female award or if I'd rather have a separate category for women and have like a full women's podium at the end rather than just like one best female. Time will show what is best. I kind of go, I watched um, Red Bull um, cliff diving and they have women and men compete in different divisions, but within the same competition. So you have man jumping, then women jumping, man jumping again. And even though women jump from like a lower platform and um, like it's, they don't, don't jump as often as men do. They have like a lower um, number of jumps they do. At the end, they still have the man's podium and the women's podium kind of at the same time. And it looks like one um, one event that isn't separated and still they have two uh, categories, which I think is quite a good format. And I would like to see that implied in free running. Mm -hmm. Do you see any limitations um, like age-wise to this sport? No. So free running really um, can be done at any age. I think there's no like too young or too old really it always depends on how you're doing the sport of course if someone like in London they have um, classes for people over 60 of course they're not going to do the same um, kind of things that I'm doing mm. so it's it's more like a class where they are taught again to move to use their body but they're not like doing big jumps they're not going into heights with uh, which is normal so it, they're still doing free running but it's like it's the same with dancing. If you look at someone who da dances intensively and does like professional dancing and someone who takes dance classes twice a week, like just for fun a little bit, that's kind of the same. So you can start free running, free running whenever and you can choose how much stress you put on your body, how much impact you're willing to take, how much like effort you put in it, of course. And when it comes to kids, like, I mean, kids do free running before they go to free running classes. If you watch them, um, just play on the playground or just outside. They climb on walls, they climb trees, they jump down. They're already doing it, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, they're yeah. really already doing it. They just have to refine their technique a bit. But, yeah. yeah. And what about for you? Do you see yourself doing this as um, a career for the rest of your life or do you see yourself making some transitions? Um, so I'm not going to be a professional free runner forever the way I am now just because I think my body wouldn't be able to take it and also there's a time thing where you just... Um, kind of want to step back a bit but I definitely want to do free running for the rest of my life hopefully mm. and I'm planning on working in the field so I hope that my career is always going to be with free running um, but it's definitely going to change like it's going to change in 
like in 10 years time I don't see myself competing um, I wrap a lot of motion at all anymore um, maybe I could but maybe that's not what I would want to do mm-hmm. uh, in 10 years what's a normal working day like for you so talk us through the whole day <laughs> so that's the very exciting thing about it there's no normal working day at all um, I do loads of different works um, most of my uh, income comes from sponsoring which is mainly um, you get paid to just train and compete uh, I don't have to compete but it's always like good if you do mm-hmm. but it's mainly just training and putting your stuff on social media so I use Instagram a lot to um, just put out my, my video content and at this point, do you want to tell us your Instagram so people can follow? Um, so it's Lynn, L-Y-N-N underscore Jung, which is J-U-N-G. Okay. Cool. Then I have other work days, which is, um, for example, we're shooting for video commercials. And that always it's always different. I mean, no commercial I've done is ever the same. It's always a different experience, but it's mainly getting up quite early and then uh, getting ready for the camera, which means like sometimes an hour of getting into styling and makeup and then um, we just mostly they, they have like a storyboard that they have and you have to like just fulfill what they want to see so it's like yeah. okay we have this and this and this location and then it's like talking before the whole commercial happens like you go to location recce's and um, you talk to the client about what is possible what isn't possible and you work out what you can do and then for the actual shooting days it's mainly just a lot of work um, a lot of jumping um, it's different than training completely different it's not a training mm-hmm. day it's definitely like it's just a shooting day and it's often like one two or three days like it's rare that it's more than three days shooting so that is mainly like sponsoring and commercial work is mainly uh, where the money comes from so a lot of um, professional athletes and performers have a ritual before they compete or perform what's your kind of pre-competition ritual um, I'm not sure because I haven't competed that many times. I only started competing last year Mm. and I did three competitions. And for my very first competition in Vigo in in Spain, I was not nervous at all. So I didn't have to kind of calm me down. I was actually quite excited. And it like, because all the people that you're competing with are your friends, you know them. And it feels like just, I don't know, like training with friends. And of course, if there's people watching, you kind of get nervous, but it's more like excited. Yeah. and then my second um, competition was in America, and for some reason I was very nervous because I was injured. So, you like I was I was um, debating whether e- even to compete or not, and I decided to compete, but then got nervous about maybe that I made the wrong decision. And that's scary, isn't it? Yes, mm. it's always like a choice that you have done to take. And uh, for Red Bull, which was my biggest competition, and I knew that. A lot of people were watching at home, like all my friends were like live streaming in it and they would send me texts and be like, oh, we're so excited. It's like, great, (laughs) because this makes me really nervous. Yeah. But um, um, I was nervous just before my run. Like I was, and you can, when I look back at the footage, I look insanely nervous. Like, why was I that (laughs) nervous? But it's just... I think before competition I just like warm up and then go through my run because you plan your run before you do it of course Mm. so you have trainings on the actual competition course and you just go through your run over and over again and see what mistakes could I make um, how can I like get rid of those mistakes and it's mainly just about calming yourself down and trying to enjoy it because it should always be enjoyment even if you're competing it should never feel like you put yourself through like a stressful situation so 
it should always be like no matter how I end up at the bottom of, of this course like unless I get injured which would, would like suck <laughs> but even if you don't do well it's always you should always end your run with just being happy that like you've you've did it and the next time you can maybe do it better and just enjoy watching other people move and maybe do a really good run so are you allowed to tell the um the judges beforehand that you've had an injury um well i mean you can tell them but they're not going to take that into consideration okay so there's not much point really no so there's sometimes um for example like i qualified for rep a lot of motion in 2015 and then unluckily i broke my hand um two weeks prior to the event and i still flew out to santorini thinking that i could plan a run but i just wouldn't use my hand and um I, I was because that that would have been my first competition and it was about a lot of motion and I just wanted to I was like well I got through to the qualifiers and I just maybe this is my last time that I make yeah. it through and I just want to compete but then I actually had some of my ju- the, the judges which are also my friends um, telling me like please don't like just do another video next year for the qualifiers you make it through and that's the right time to compete and I'm really happy that I took that advice because it would have been stupid to compete with a broken hand just because I was thinking that maybe it's my last time like the last chance that I have to compete here Mm. so um yeah if you have an injury um you just if it's something you can still um work with and be like even if I fall I'm not going to make the injury worse then it's all right but if you have a broken hand for example then you definitely shouldn't compete it's scary isn't it you never know what could happen um, and I think this is a question that people listening will want to know. How do you feel about Luxembourg? Because you've been away a little while now um, and you're back for just for a few days for this interview. How does it feel to be back? I always feel it's really nice to be back. I like coming back, especially if the weather is this nice. Yeah. Um, I moved away from Luxembourg when I was 19 and I was so keen to, to leave. Like I was looking forward to going away because in my um, the the way I view it, viewed it was Luxembourg is such a small country and it's narrow-minded and I need to go away and need to like kind of meet different people with different cultural backgrounds and and then I moved away and now I've been away for um, well almost ten years now and it's just um, kind of the further I'm away like the longer I'm away from Luxembourg the more I appreciate Luxembourg and the more yeah. I enjoy coming back and just get comfortable with the idea of maybe actually moving back to Luxembourg at some time like some point in my life it's not the time yet because training here is just not ideal but at some point I'd like be like quite comfortable I think with the thought of living in this small country where people are actually quite Mm open-minded and you have good and bad people everywhere no matter where you go yeah so I think Luxembourg is definitely uh, a cozy place to live yeah you realize afterwards that actually you have it all right here don't you yeah um what do you like the most um about your job um well I love that it's just something that I love doing so it's it never feels like working even if I do a commercial job and it is a lot of like it's long hours sometimes it's up to the last commercial I did was 15 hour days two days um, Mm -hmm. 15 hours which is really harsh on your body like you're tired and um, it does feel like work but at the same time it doesn't because it's something that you really love doing and um, it never feels like I'm getting bored of it I'm never bored of what I'm doing. How do you have the confidence to you know this is something that you did for fun and you did have athletic and ballet background but how did you have the confidence to believe that you were good enough to put this in front of cameras to put this on social media like what gave you that confidence um 
I'm not sure if I have that confidence of thinking that I'm good enough to do it. Um, I often, like even after winning Red Bull Out of Motion, I um, always think like, well, I kind of, um, I still have so much to work on, so I'm never really um, thinking, oh, I'm good enough, that's it now, so I can do all of the things. It's still always like a work in progress. I always feel like, okay, there's so much room to improve for me. Um, and mainly it's, like the confidence comes from seeing other people. When I started, for example, I had this uh, big role model, which was Lucy Romberg from uh, the USA. And she, I think she was the only woman um, woman at that time who was actually making a career out of it. And she doesn't only do free running, she also do, does stunts. And all the things that she was doing, and there was videos on YouTube, were so amazing. And just like seeing her do it and succeed, which is like, well, it's, it's doable. Like. And um, it's kind of just by seeing other people succeed, seeing other people. When I started uh, making a career out of it, mm-hmm. I knew already of people that uh, made a living with it. So I knew it was possible, which makes it, I think it makes it easier to see that yeah. it's possible because people that started before, they didn't know if it was possible. They just went for it, which is much scarier than what I did. So, And if at some point you feel that you have had enough of doing this professionally and would and were to change careers what would you change to um i don't think i could be a professional dancer anymore i think that is a bit too late maybe um but i'm very much into photography i'm not a very skilled photographer yet but i think um because I take loads of photos, I'm interested in it. Yeah. Um, I think if I took the, the decision of being like, okay, I want to make a career out of it and yeah. worked really hard for it, I think it, it would be doable and I think I would just go for it because um, I managed to make a living with free running, which I think might be harder even. So that's probably what I would do, but I'm not limited. like Because n- nothing ever happens the way you plan it. So yeah. maybe something else would come come up and I'd just be like yeah okay I like this so I just go with it but it's amazing that your experience um, of free running has given you this confidence to now say I don't know if you realize but it's a big thing to be able to say I you know I really like this and I believe that if I work really hard at it I'll be able to achieve it Um, and that's a life lesson that you've learned through your free running experience if you hadn't have succeeded in doing this you wouldn't have the confidence to say you know I like photography I think I could be a photographer yeah that yeah. definitely I mean I don't want to put out the image of oh if you work for for it really hard everything can happen like even though I guess it can but it was also comes down to what you've done in the past and how much um, competition there is like in free running for example um, it's a male dominant sport so mm. there's many more like competition within um, man to get for example commercial work is much higher than for women um, so it's also always you kind of have to think about how doable is it actually yeah um, but I think if you then like if you just kind of think about how hard do I have to work to make it um, work and how, like even if you fail like even you can always try um, yeah. to do it like maybe I would fail to be a photographer maybe I'd be really bad at it and no one would like to hire me so um, but that's something it's like well if it doesn't work out then you can always do something else yeah because you've seen you've seen and you've proven that if you really commit yourself to something you can try like it's worth trying yes yeah um, do you think that free running is a safe sport because there's obviously as it's a newish sport there's obviously concerns when teenagers get into it and parents do get a bit stressed do you have any advice about the safety of it um, I think 
I actually think free running is as safe as any other sport. Like it's sports and you can always get injured if you do sports. That's just the way it is. But I actually think free running is quite a, a safe sport to start because you're not going to start like no coach. If you go to um, a free running class, no coach is going to put you up on a four meter high up platform and say, well, you just jump down or jump yeah. across to another wall. Like that's not going to happen. You're going to take it step by step from the beginning and you're going to build up slowly and one of the philosophies of free running is just to like go step by step Mm -hmm. um, kind of just if you're ready for a jump you're going to do it and you're going to know yourself when you're ready for it I mean for kids it's a little bit more as a coach you have to tell them that they're not ready for it because kids often think that they are ready for anything yeah but I think um, free running coaches do quite a good job to keep um their um, students safe what they're doing what's the secret to being really really good at free running Uh, I think it's just with anything it's just hard work it's like of course it takes talent as well like you need to have some um like you need to be able to move well but then at the same time it's just like it's it's work and training you just put out put in a lot of hours of of training and that's how you progress and become better what motivated you to keep practicing and practicing um, I don't even know. I just really enjoy working hard. So I enjoy like there's trainings where you go out and train or you go to gym and train and it's frustrating because you, you feel like you're stagnating or even sometimes you feel like regressing. But it's just that you you, you just love doing it so much that you like keep going and yeah. eventually you feel like, okay, now I've progressed, now I learned this certain move or I jump further now even though it was hard work. There's always like that re- reward at the end of, yes, I did it. Um, that just kind of keeps me going. I'm interested because you said earlier that you were always um, quite studious and you always got good grades. And now you're saying that you really enjoy practicing and doing things over and over again. Perhaps that is the secret to your success. You're prepared to put in that effort to do something over and over again, whatever it takes, right? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. And what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Um, I'd probably tell my um, 18-year-old self that everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Um, I always used to have plans of like, and I tried to st- stick to those plans. And then I just learned that that's not how life works. <laughs> like you yeah. make a plan and then life gets in the way. And that's all right because that's kind of the exciting thing about it is to not know what comes next. Cool. Um, and what would be the soundtrack to your life? So I'm going to butcher that name and I'm very sorry for it. <laughs> um, I thought about this a bit and I had loads of th- songs in mind, but they all have lyrics and it kind of feels like they just are all right for certain situations in your life, but not actually like the soundtrack of, lo- of your life. So I came up with one of my favorite songs, which is Ijoni by um, Ainaudi. And it's just one of those songs that no matter what mood I'm in, I can listen to it and it gets me to my happy place. Like even before competing, it's a very calm song. And before competing, a lot of people like to listen to music that kind of gets them into the competition mode. And for me, it's just I need music that brings me down and like, calms me down and gets me to the happy place. So I'm just fully calm. And that's one of those songs. So I choose this. Okay, so here is the song. Um, I, I'm, I'm scared to say the name as well because it's quite hard to pronounce. But do you want to introduce it? Um, so yeah, the song is by Anaudi and it's called Ijoni. Okay, here it is. Okay, so here's the song. And thank you so much for coming in, Lynn. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you.